0: Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker, and this is the Bitcoin Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin block height is 798425, and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. Today's episode is the weekly Bitcoin News Roundup. I'm going to cover the big story of the week, run through some rapid fire news. Then zoom out and talk about manipulation. So without further ado, let's get into the big story. CPI, oh my. June CPI numbers came out today. So naturally, everyone and their mother is telling you how to interpret them and what it means moving forward. Here's the Bureau of Labor Statistics news release on the June CPI data. The Consumer Price Index for all urban consumers rose 0.2% in June on a seasonally adjusted basis, after increasing 0.1% in May. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 3.0% before seasonal adjustment. The Index for Shelter was the largest contributor to the monthly All Items increase, accounting for over 70% of the increase, with the Index for Motor Vehicle Insurance also contributing. The food index increased 0.1% in June after increasing 0.2% the previous month. The index for all items less food and energy rose 0.2% in June, the smallest one-month increase in that index since August 2021. Indexes which increased in June include shelter, motor vehicle insurance, apparel, recreation, and personal care. The indexes for airline fares, communication, used cars and trucks, and household furnishings and operations were among those that decreased over the month. The All Items Index increased 3% for the 12 months ending in June. This was the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending March 2021. The All Items Less Food and Energy Index rose 4.8% over the last 12 months. The Energy Index decreased 16.7%, for the 12 months ending in June, and the food index increased 5.7% over the last year. So the headline that you'll see across major news outlets and on Twitter, of course, is something like, breaking CPI 3%, lowest inflation rate since March, 2021. Now, some are predicting the Fed still raises rates in July, but it could be the last hike this year, since the Federal Reserve will finally be able to claim, we beat inflation. You'll also see politicians in power taking victory laps. After all, this is Bidenomics in action, right? But what does this actually mean for you? How does inflation affect you, your family, and your future? Well, as Stackhodler pointed out on Twitter, quote, the dollar is falling off of a cliff after the 3% CPI print. It's never been more important to ask if your portfolio is going up or your currency is going down. Here's the thing, looking at inflation through the lens of CPI on a month over month or even year over year level, can be very misleading to the average person. Why? Because it masks the truly pernicious effects of inflation in the long term. It's also a problem of the base effect, which refers to the effect that the choice of a basis of comparison or reference can have on the resulting percentage change. For example, if the inflation rate was very high in the previous year, it can make the current year's inflation rate seem smaller by comparison, even if prices are actually rising at a faster pace. Huzzah, cried the politicians, inflation is only 3%. Now, here's the problem with this kind of short-term thinking. These measures only look at the average change from one period to the next without considering the cumulative effects of these changes. Inflation compounds over time, meaning its effects become more pronounced the longer it persists. If the annual inflation is just 3%, over the course of 20 years, you will have lost 46% of your purchasing power. Those in power must mask the long-term effects of government and central bank policies, because if people actually understood how inflation was robbing them of the stored value of their time and energy. There would be riots in the streets. Now for some rapid fire news. Via Bitcoin Archive, all five Bitcoin ETF applications from the CBOE have added surveillance sharing agreements with Coinbase, pressure builds on the SEC to approve. BlackRock and ARX ETFs have a 50% chance of approval, according to Bloomberg's James Seifert. Via Decrypt, $7.3 trillion asset manager Vanguard now owns $560 million worth of Bitcoin mining stocks. Via Reuters, Standard Charter boosts 2024 Bitcoin forecast to $120,000, saying Bitcoin could reach $50,000 by the end of 2023 via joe hall aka joe nakamoto google cloud furthers bitcoin lightning ambitions with voltage partnership the 225 billion dollar cloud and data service recently partnered with voltage an infrastructure provider specializing in the bitcoin lightning network and finally you can now use emojis to trigger bitcoin lightning tips on noster client damas using zapple pay a workaround created after Apple forced domus to remove the Bitcoin lightning tipping feature zaps from their app or be banned from the App Store. You can check it out at zapplepay.com. I'm going to finish up today's Bitcoin news roundup with another note on CPI and CPI manipulation. Here's what the BLS says in their brief explanation of the CPI. In calculating the index, price changes for the various items in each location are aggregated using weights, which represent their importance in the spending of the appropriate population group. There is a great thread from James Lavish that breaks down CPI manipulation beautifully. James is a great resource for explaining incredibly complex concepts in simple terms that anyone can understand. You can find him at James Lavish on Twitter, or check out his newsletter at JamesLavish.com newsletter. Here's the thread from James on March 21st, 2023. Another Fed meeting, another decision based on flawed metrics. One of them is the new CPI, or shall I say the new new CPI because the calculation has been sneakily adjusted again recently, and yes, it matters. Why and how? Time for an inflation threat. Current CPI. For those who are new to the whole Fed shell game, or if you need a little refresher, here's a quick review of CPI. The Consumer Price Index, also known as CPI, is the benchmark for US inflation as calculated by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS. You may have noticed recent controversy about the accuracy of the CPI and whether the BLS is understating inflation. People ask every time a new CPI reading is released, how can the prices of groceries, cars, houses be so inflated, yet the CPI rises only a fraction of that? Good questions, and ones I answered in an informationist newsletter a number of months ago. TLDR, the CPI is a basket of goods and services Priced period to period, month to month, year to year. As these goods and services prices rise and fall, the average price of the basket rises and falls too. The percentage that the basket rises and falls is called the CPI, and this can be positive or negative depending on whether prices are rising or falling. Okay, but is it accurate? Well, it sure doesn't seem like it especially as we watch prices of just about everything continue to step higher all around us. I mean, even at 6% last week, CPI seems understated. One of the main problems is that the CPI used to measure the price of a fixed basket of goods and services between two different periods. This measure was called a cost of goods index. However, in recent years, the BLS decided that the CPI should be revised in order to reflect changes in the cost to maintain a constant standard of living. And so, the CPI evolved into what is known as the cost of living index. So, weightings of goods and even the goods themselves can now change according to BLS's interpretation of consumers' purchases, i.e., If people replace steak with pork because of cost, the basket weighting of steak goes down and an equivalent measure of pork is substituted. Problem solved, right? No. If CPI was a fixed basket of goods, like it used to be, then this adjustment could make inflation severely underreported. Here's a chart from ShadowSats reconciling the different methodologies, calculating the 1980 fixed basket of goods versus the current CPI. Like I said, the BLS seems to be on a mission of obfuscation. As if there were any question, the BLS is at it again, having recently announced yet another change to how CPI will be calculated going forward. The new CPI. From the BLS, Starting 123, BLS plans to update weights annually for the CPI based on a single calendar year of data using consumer expenditure data from 2021. This reflects a change from prior practice of updating weights biennially using two years of data. Notice the words weights annually, biennially. What this means is the Fed used to use two years of spending data to decide how to weight the goods in the CPI basket, and they would update the weights every two years accordingly. Let's unpack that, shall we? Let's say in January 2021, the average consumer spent 4% of their total spending on steak, and then in January 2022, that number dropped to 2%. As far as the BLS is concerned, in the old method, the weight of steak in the CPI basket of goods would be the average of 2021 and 2022, or 3%. In the new and oh-so-improved CPI calculation, the weighting is 2%, the reading from just last year, not the two prior years. You may ask, okay, why does this even matter? Let's look at what happened. We all know that steak has become more expensive, much more expensive, in the last two years, and some people have been forced to switch out from eating steak to eating something cheaper, like ground beef or maybe chicken. So instead of the CPI number capturing the rise in steak as a bigger percentage of the total inflation rate, CPI, it now captures a smaller amount because it is weighted less in the basket of goods. In effect, The calculation merely looks the other way. The BLS claims that this is a more accurate measure of what people are spending their money on, so it's a more accurate reading of inflation. I'm here to call BS on the BLS. Cost of restaurants are up. People are eating out less? Give eating away from home a lower weighting. Vacationing less because hotel prices and airfares are through the roof? Lower weight them. Eating fewer eggs? Less fresh fruit? You get the point. Further, deeper manipulation of the already severely flawed calculation that the Fed claims super important in their decision-making on interest rates and credit liquidity. And wow, isn't it just auspicious timing that the CPI methodology was changed mid-tightening cycle? The Fed's timing. This was announced just after the December CPI reading which came in at 6.5% year-over-year, slightly down from November's reading of 7.1%. Make no mistake, prices are still rising. They're just rising at a lower rate. The next two readings were 6.4% and 6.0%. Surprise, surprise. The new CPI was in effect for those two. Because here's the thing. The government actually wants inflation. In fact, they need it. They just don't want you to know how bad inflation actually is. A wilderness of mirrors. Many of you have heard me talk about this before, and you may be anticipating where I am going with all this. But for those of you who are new or have not heard me talk about it, we'll get right to the point. The US government has so much debt it's become a hole, a canyon they cannot climb out of. They're stuck and they know it. The debt spiral. Bottom line, we have so much debt and are operating at such a deficit. The US will spend $2 trillion plus more than it collects from taxes this year. The Treasury needs a way to minimize the rate of growth of that debt. How? Nominally inflated GDP. See, when there's a high rate of inflation, then the cost of goods sold inflates. Companies' revenues and earnings inflate. The stock market inflates. And taxes on all of that inflates. But the Fed is in a heck of a pickle. They put themselves there, make no mistake. Even with credit cracks showing in the system. Powell must be sure inflation does not burn out of control. Or rather, he cannot let inflation appear to be burning out of control. So between the Fed and the Treasury, they will do all they can to hide inflation with manipulated CPI numbers, obscure the Fed balance sheet with terms like deferred asset to hide massive losses, hide special liquidity instruments like the all-new BTFP. They have us all wandering through what the CIA calls a wilderness of mirrors, meant to confuse us, hide the truths, get us all turned around and upside down. They would say it is meant to protect us, keep a stronghold on the U.S. Treasury as the global reserve asset, the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. Some truth to that, maybe. Question is, how long will the rest of the world put up with it? How long will they just shrug and accept the unending debasing of the US dollar? How long will the world accept negative real rates of returns on their US treasuries? How long will the trust in US treasuries sustain this monumentally leveraged and broken system? Because that's what all this rides on, folks. Pure and simple trust. Hyperinflation is not a choice. Recession? A dip in GDP? Sure, that's okay. Powell has tools for that case. Namely, QE infinity. But make no mistake, all paths lead to the debasing of not just the US dollar, but every fiat currency. It's just math, as my good friend Greg Foss says. And so... I own gold, silver, and Bitcoin to protect myself. All of these should protect well against the inevitable money printing and M2 expansion in the near future. And Bitcoin is my ultimate insurance against the someday inevitability of a collapse in fiat and hyperinflation. Tell me, what's in your wallet? And that's a wrap on this week's Bitcoin News Roundup. My name is Walker, and this is The Bitcoin Podcast. If you want to follow on Twitter, go to at and at Walker America. You can also find me on Noster by going to primal.net slash Walker. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million. But Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to Another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.